Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the IoT for All podcast. I'm Ryan Chacon, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about what 2023 holds for LoRaWAN and IoT. Um, with me today is going to be Donna Moore, the CEO and chairwoman of the Laura Alliance. They are an open nonprofit association closely collaborating and sharing their experiences to help promote and drive the success of the LoRaWAN standard. Great episode here. Please subscribe to this channel if you have not done so already. Hit that bell icon so you get the latest episodes as soon as they are out, and give this video a thumbs up. All right, before we get into this, we have a quick word from our sponsor. Silicon Labs, a leader in secure, intelligent wireless technology, has launched their 2023 Tech Talk schedule. This year's Tech Talks include dedicated technology series for Matter, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and LPWAN in order to help you build the development skills needed to deliver cutting-edge IoT products. Join Silicon Labs experts and industry leaders for these one-hour live virtual trainings created for developers by developers. Accelerate your device development today by registering at silabs.com. That's the letter S, the letter I, L-A-B-S.com. Welcome, Donna, to the IoT for All podcast. Thanks for being here again as a fantastic guest. Great. Thanks, Ryan. Always happy to come and have a chat with you. Yeah, looking forward to it. Um, let's kick this off just for any of our audience who may be unfamiliar. Um, have you give a quick introduction about yourself and the Laura Alliance, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, that's great. I'm Donna Moore. I'm the CEO and chairwoman of the Laura Alliance. Uh, the Laura Alliance has been around for seven years, going on our eighth year. And uh, we do low power wide area networking. Uh, we have had strong, strong momentum over the last few years in terms of driving our standard forward. We are, last year we became an official uh, standard uh, by ITU. And nice. so um, just incredible strides supporting the planet in this world and businesses yeah. moving forward for sure. That's fantastic. Um, so I wanted to dive into kind of a conversation that's going to talk at, at in a couple of different ways about LoRaWAN and IoT this year, last year, kind of what we're most excited about, how the Alliance is playing a role in that and so forth. Um, but let's kick this off and talk about 2022 real quick. Um, where were the biggest strides made in 2022? Like which use cases led the way? Is anything surprise you that happened? Um, hmm. Changes or kind of obviously becoming a standard is fantastic. Any other things that happened in the LoRaWAN world that um, kind of really made 2020 through, 2022 kind of end where it was? Yeah, 2022 was actually a, a very explosive year in a good way. Uh, you know, with the world opening up from COVID and everybody getting together and um, we just saw such a burst of energy uh, we had the LoRaWAN World Expo in Paris in July. That was yep. a huge success. And at that event, we really saw all the pent-up demand, all the work that been that had been happening kind of behind the scenes, but we didn't see it because we weren't, you know, getting together at events. And so I would say 2022, again, getting together and having Paris, the biggest change that I saw in 2022 was uh, the industry moving from asking questions about what is LoRaWAN to really a journey of how do I implement LoRaWAN? How, how do I find devices? You know, what are right. best practices? How do I, um, you know, uh, collaborate with other companies? How do I integrate it into my system? And that was probably the biggest change from an industry perspective and, you know, very exciting to see it. So, um, you know, the other thing in 2022 that we saw is that the the time from proof of concepts to actual deployments dropped dramatically. 
Hmm. You know, it used to be maybe a year, year and a half for a proof of concept. And we saw that drop down to five to six months, getting the return on investment, actually usually greater return on investment than anticipated and rolling out lower WAN. So those are probably the biggest things that we saw in 2022. Were were there any um, use cases that kind of stuck out to you where um, adoption kind of increased or was maybe bigger than you expected throughout the year that that's worth noting? So I, I would say that actually in all the areas that we look at are mm-hmm. our six key vertical areas, which, you know, uh, buildings, utilities, smart sure. city, agriculture, uh, asset tracking, um, and certainly industrial all move forward in a very big way. Okay. However, in, I would say the top three would be cities, buildings, and utilities and mm-hmm. the use cases around that. Um, and primarily because if you look at really lower wind strengths, you know, battery operated devices, long distance, right. Uh, right. you know, deep signal penetration, uh, right. low cost, um, because of our strengths in those areas in particular, we saw some of the greatest growth. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in 2023, there's so much that LoRaWAN can do. We really said, okay, we're going to try to focus, not that we're not still doing it all, but as an alliance, we're going to focus on three verticals. And those three for 2023 are cities, buildings, and utilities because yeah. of the growth that we saw in 2022. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I've seen in similar conversations that I've had or recent conversations I've had, the buildings and the industrial um, outside of the lower wind space have mm. been pretty hot areas of, of growth. Um, and to your point earlier about kind of big changes you saw in 2022, going from kind of focusing on the technology to focusing on um, the adoption and um, the use cases, I've noticed that kind of across IoT as a whole as well. And I started to really see that um, when I went to CES uh, back in January, where most companies were less focused on showcasing technology and more focused on showcasing what companies were mm-hmm. doing with their technology, successful deployments, actual um, uh, solutions that were out in the market being used to kind of help build up some level of um, just kind of credibility to what they were mm-hmm. doing, as opposed to just trying to impress you with their technology. People now right. need to see this implemented in order to feel more comfortable about going down the path of adoption. Right. I mean, and back to my point about the change of the questions and the change of the IoT industry in general, right? I mean, we've already proven out uh, the ROI is there. We have so many deployments around the world that the question about, you know, does it work? Is this the right technology? We've moved past all of that. And, you know, just looking at um, replication, you know, we have so many cities that have deployed LoRaWAN. And we have a recipe about, you know, why and, and how to help additional cities move forward. And so, you know, some of our use cases are, you know, or not use cases, but deployments are three, five years old. And they right. really added on additional um, use cases from the network and where they've got, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 100 different types of use cases on the LoRaWAN network. Well, I think that's such an interesting point about LoRaWAN in general. And when I got involved in the space um, about seven years ago now, and mm-hmm. I started to learn about LoRaWAN and kind of the power of what this could bring to solutions, mm-hmm. that was one of the biggest things that was really pushed. And I know, and now we're starting to see it in um, in practice more uh, day after day, is 
how once you deploy a LoRaWAN network, how extensible it is to add on new applications mm -hmm. without much of you know a hassle. And um, how are you seeing mm -hmm. that kind of contribute to the adoption in the three areas, cities, buildings, and industrial? Because I imagine that if you really think about those individual industries as a whole, they kind of are ripe for multiple mm -hmm. use cases within a building, within you know, a factory, and we're within obviously a city. And I imagine this is kind of why LoRaWAN is such a, such a big deal and plays such a good role there. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it. And if, if we just look at smart cities, right, many, not all, but many smart cities will start with lighting, right? And they'll yep. use the exactly. poles as a gateway. Yep. And, you know, and so that's around safety and um, energy conservation, but immediately move to, um, you know, trash and parking and mm -hmm. air quality and um, you know, then they start bringing utilities depending on the city. And we've got, you know, water is huge for Laurel sure. Land, um, in terms of water waste management, water quality, gas is huge for Laurel Land, uh, with uh, gas leaks, you know, paying sure. bills and making sure that the usage mat matches the bills. So, I mean, the use cases really are almost endless and, yep. um, so, and the same thing with buildings. I mean, they put in the network and they, a lot of times they started back within COVID or right after COVID with, you know, monitoring space and monitoring the cleanliness or monitoring the bathrooms. And then they've, you know, moved on to air quality and they've moved on to um, water leak management. And again, the case, the use cases just keep adding. And yeah. what that does is it just allows the ROI to continue to build but right. I think, I just want to take a little divergent here. Sure. I think that the key is with the world the way it is today, the reality is businesses and governments must operate in a different manner, you know, okay. with labor shortages and inflation and supply chain issues. Honestly, there's really not a choice if you, you know, but, but to be more effective and efficient in your operations. And I think that is one of the biggest drivers for Lower WAN. I mean, we're out there, we're proven, we're global. Um, but the reality is businesses are looking for solutions because they have to. They have mm. to move forward with the, the world the way it is today, and they have to be more efficient. Yeah. Um, and Lower WAN provides all that. Absolutely. I was actually, I had a recording earlier with um, Vinka from the, the Things yeah. Industries and yeah. He was kind of making some similar points with and then I brought up kind of the experience we kind of witnessed during the pandemic as companies had to learn how to be more efficient and um, do more with less remotely. Um, that kind of caused IoT to really rise to the top. And he was kind of talking about how with Laura Wynn, kind of what that enables for organizations to do, because at the at the root of it, with, with IoT being able to kind of be focused around improving efficiencies within organizations, helping them do more with mm -hmm. less, helping them monitor things remotely. You know, it kind of feeds right into that. Um, and we were talking more so about just kind of the general tra uh, um, general kind of path of the economy right now. And with so much uncertainty, companies are kind of hesitant on where they should be diverting their, uh, their time and money. And IoT kind of rises to the top a lot because of what it enables organizations to do, how can it generate new business models and new revenue streams, while at the same time making them more efficient and doing more with less resources, things like that. And to your point about LoRaWAN being something that really fits into that um, from a technology standpoint is, is very much in line. 
Very much so. And the other thing too, uh, agree with all of that. And the other thing is with ESG, right? Yeah. LoRaWAN is the perfect solution to monitor that and report it. So right. um, when you've got companies that are bound by you know ESG guidelines and they need to report it to the board or to their stakeholders, how do you get that data to report sure. you know, those various um, types of measurements? And LoRaWAN does a great job at a cost-efficient way to provide the measurement tools around that as well. And so that they can get better and, and ensure that they're doing environmental or, right. you know, employee work environment or whatever the, the goals are for the organization. Absolutely. No, I totally agree. Uh, I wanted to kind of start to pivot now towards okay. the, the year ahead, but one of the things you asked earlier, and I wanted to expand on this because I'm curious is you talked about how LoRaWAN became a, an official standard. When when that happens, what does that like? What does that mean, and what does that enable? And that's something that I think a lot of people out there, you know, are learning about different standards now with the with the growth of Matter and things like that in the smart home. But as we're talking about um, LoRaWAN becoming a, a standard, what is what does that exactly mean, and do you feel like it enables kind of as we head into this year? Well, I, you know, for LoRaWAN itself, it it doesn't change much in that okay. we are an open body, we're an open ecosystem. We created right. the standards. Um, and I'll talk a minute about what that means, but what it does just say is that we have been accepted by an international standards body and recognized as an official okay. standard, um, which is important, right, to be recognized and we are incorporated into the ITU um, standard body organization, and that's really important. But what standardization does is create the venue to have an open ecosystem ongoing development, ongoing innovation. Um, it's not locked in by any one company. So okay. any and all companies move forward. It tells you that, um, you know, if a company or government de um, deploys LoRaWAN, it's here, there's multiple companies they can get devices from, there's multiple companies they can get gateways from. And, okay. you know, it is a standard by all and improved by all. So, right, gotcha. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and as we're as we're heading into kind of this year, where do you see the biggest growth opportunities? Where do you expect to see the most adoption? And um, you know, as it relates to the building cities and utility spaces, what what are you most expecting to kind of happen in that area as we're going through this year? Yeah, I think we're just going to see uh, in terms of buildings and utilities and cities. I think we're going to see enormous uh, growth and continue to growth. I mean, that's why we're focusing there. And we will also continue to see for those cities and buildings that have LoRaWAN deployments, our ecosystem continue to develop new and exciting use cases based on their needs. Yeah. Um, and so we will see growth of the extension of LoRaWAN deployments that are already out there. And okay. that's the exciting thing about an ecosystem is that, you know, when the partners get together and they really listen to the cities or the buildings, they're saying, listen, I'm having issues with this. Can you help me solve this? I mean, we're already doing these things with LoRaWAN, but here are some additional issues. They get together, they create new devices, and um, they can continue on and evolve the path with LoRaWAN. Gotcha. That makes total sense. Are there... Um... What would you say are still some of the challenges that maybe remain in the space uh, or, you know, what does the, what challenges does the space still face? Uh, e even with all the advances that we make year after year, where, where do you kind of see 
um, challenges still existing with, um, you know, with deployments and adoption and things like that? I think it's just really around ease of use and continue okay. to make it easier to deploy it. You know, IoT takes a village to deploy. Sure. And so, and again, that's where a big open ecosystem comes into play. But it just continued to create new standards like we've done this last year um, right. to make it easier to, um, you know, deploy LoRaWAN or develop LoRaWAN and having the ecosystem partners that get together and create full end-to-end solutions is really important because the customer isn't looking to piecemeal solutions together, right? They have a need, they want Agreed. to solve it, and they want a solution. They don't want, you know have to go around and find the different parts of the ecosystem. So our ecosystem does a great job working together to create that full end-to-end -end solution, which makes deployments easier. Yeah, I think that that goes back to our point earlier about focusing more on the solution, the success stories, more of the application of the mm -hmm. technologies as opposed to different components and making it feel kind of like a big lift for companies feeling like you have to go out and figure out what, you know, what connectivity do you need? What hardware do you need? How are you going to build the UI and the application layer? How is it going to, how are you going to connect to the cloud? What's going to happen on the edge? All that kind of stuff. Um, and the more that these companies can come together kind of behind the scenes and present an end-to-end -end solution for the companies that really just want something that works and solves their mm -hmm. problem and hits, you know, is affordable, hits their ROI goals and so forth. They don't, I mean, and, and not in a rude way, but they don't care about the technology inside as long as it does what it's, right. you know, what they what they're asking it to do. Right. Um, and the more companies that can spend more time bringing, making that an easier purchasing process or an adoption process, which don't get me wrong, a lot of use cases still require customization, still require you know different things to be adjusted for their end users and what they're trying to track. But where you can bring it more kind of together to make it an easier buy is something that I think will help contribute to adoption and things like that. But one question I have for you is like, what, what are we seeing happen aside from kind of these comments we're making now, what else do you see really helping us overcome this, you know, this challenge to enable, you know, what a lot of people consider kind of like massive IOT? Well, a couple things. And okay. I think that, again, we need to have a big ecosystem and so that everybody is playing a part and continuing to develop. So I, I know I keep yeah. saying that, but it's huge. Agreed. I think the other challenge is making sure that um, the end users or the consumers understand how important certification is. We don't sure. talk a lot about that. And I don't know if this is the, you know, the perfect time, but I don't want to miss bringing up this opportunity to talk about certified devices and certification right. because that is a means to ease of use and making sure that it all works well and out the gate and um, it helps with deployments because you know that they're going to work. And so um, Laura Wynn's done a lot with our certification program. We continue to expand our certification program. So as we roll out new specifications, we have certification programs as appropriate that go along with those specifications so that, um, you know, it's just important and more and more governments and businesses are requiring in their tenders and their bids to have LoRaWAN certified devices because as you're rolling out and you're doing massive IoT, not having certified devices feels very risky to me. Sure. So um, that is one key to, to help with mass adoption is to make yeah. sure that what you're deploying are certified devices. Right. No, I, I agree. I think the devices is a very interesting kind of 
piece to talk about because a lot of times that's where people start their kind of journey into learning what am I right. trying to accomplish. But to just to kind of distinguish between the different devices out there and what exactly do I need without it being overkill, without it, you know, not being able to do what I need. What how, where do I start? And that's a good kind of point. We talked to companies in the past about in the smart home space, more the consumer side, how important it is to be focusing on devices that are certified in some mm -hmm. capacity, you know, approved and not just buying any old thing you find on Amazon that thinks could do the job. So um, I think it carries very well over to the enterprise space as well. Yes, absolutely. And you know, what's interesting, and you talk about mass adoption as well. I see with our members that the relationships that they build um, with, you know, various, you know, members or end users, some of our end users are members like Chevron and Target and, and, and whatnot, but the relationships that they build with those, um, end users are long relationships, you know, when it's done well and, and hopefully it is there. And so those long relationships, they continue to evolve. They continue to add more use cases. They continue to right. expand the LoRaWAN implementations. And right. um, that's what I'm seeing is that the, sure. the relationships that are having, which is great for our members, but that's what's also driving the massive IoT. Absolutely. And, and I, I remember something I wanted to mention from an earlier point you made about the ecosystem and how important the ecosystem is. I also think it's important for companies to understand how the ecosystem and how their company plays a role with other companies and folk and understand how important partnerships are. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times I run into companies who just kind of almost have a fear of working with others because they just think everyone's a competitor and somehow it's not going to kind of uh, work in the way they envision. But IoT is such is in such a unique space where you require so many different pieces mm -hmm. to build a solution and not everyone can can specialize and be good at all the different pieces. So putting a big emphasis on that partnership and understanding, like making yourself more available, reaching out to companies, engaging with companies, finding out how you can build together, just makes that adoption process more realistic to for companies to um, who are looking to kind of get involved in IoT and adopt solutions. It's, it's a less daunting task for them um, when you have those companies kind of already have a relationship. And it's just an important thing, I think, for people to really be thinking about while they're building their IoT company to then eventually bring a solution to market. Yeah, I'll tell you the successful um, deployments out there and the successful um, end users that I see are our members. Some of them are like three and four members coming together. Again, yep. it does require expertise in different areas and right. coming together and working together to supply the end-to-end -end solution. And yep. that's where Lore Alliance, as an alliance, it is the greatest benefit of being a part of the alliance is that you are mixing with speaking with, developing with, innovating with the partners that you need right. to provide the solution for right. sure. T totally agree with you. Um, and that's kind of how we've envisioned when we built IoT for All was bringing companies together, not just to share their expertise, but you know, bringing our partners and our members together in a way that's kind of offline a little bit, but in a way that allows like-minded individuals to share what they're doing and then mm -hmm. not kind of like promoting, like trying to sell each other stuff, but just talking about how what they do, how they do it, and help to find ways to work together and complement each other. And I've noticed that with with the Lore Alliances, um, your members can at times fit very well together, and you all do a very good job of trying to bring them together in order to see how working in a collaborative way is going to just help further not just what they're doing, mm -hmm. but the Alliance's mission too. And and as we've started 
recently working a bit more closely with your um, with your your marketing team about just getting more members involved and sharing their knowledge and expertise from different perspectives. We think all of that is just a win for the audience, for the companies, for the alliance, mm -hmm. for the industry. The more people you can get sharing their knowledge and information, um, the better it is. And that's yeah, kind of yeah. what we're trying to hope, you know, advocate for. Right. A absolutely. And and even just true deployments like business models. Right. Uh, it's how business models are done. It is uh, multiple absolutely. members coming together um, for the business model to implement their expertise. Absolutely. Um, so speaking of the alliance, I yeah. wanted to kind of wrap this up by talking yeah. a little bit about as everything we've talked about going from 2022 to 2023 and what we're, what we're looking forward and seeing kind of happen, the challenges in the space and so forth, how how is the alliance really helping with this this direction we're, we're heading? I know you've talked about um, the the standard, but I imagine there's probably something mm -hmm. on, the, on the on the certification side that that's probably going to contribute to this um, and and so forth. Just talk talk to us like kind of how you all as an alliance are really contributing to this and helping you know grow this this direction. Yeah, and and again, that is exactly what we do as an alliance. Well, first let me just say. Um, we do have uh, Laura Alliance meetings. We um, in March, uh, March okay. 15 and 16, we have uh, we'll be in Orlando, and it's Laura Wan Live in Orlando, and okay. it's open to uh, members and non-members. It'll be a big Great. event as well, and that event specifically will be focusing on um, cities, buildings, and utilities. And it's a great way. So this is one of the ways that the Lore Alliance supports uh, the ecosystem in that we'll have speakers there. We'll have end users there. We'll talk about best practices. We've got technical tracks, how-to tracks, certification tracks. So that is how we share cross-knowledge um, at the event. And, you know, going back to your question about um, working together, I actually, in my keynote um, for Orlando, I'm actually going to be having the um, city of Calgary come on stage cool. with me. And what's interesting to talk about, they've been doing Lorowind deployments for years now, and yeah. they have incredible insights. They have so many use cases deployed. It's amazing. But who else will be on that stage is the Lorowind members that work together to mm. put together and continue to drive this, um, the, uh, the deployments for the city of Calgary. And so Orbywise, Tectelic, uh, 11X. Sure. Um, okay. Our examples, they'll all be up on stage and all of That's those awesome. members came together to yeah. uh, drive this deployment. That's great. That's very exciting. I think that event sounds like a, a really good one. I'm hoping, you know, I can't wait to, to learn more about it on my end and kind of hear how it goes. Because I think um, anytime you can not, not only bring the, the members together, which we've, we've stressed in this conversation why it's important. But bringing kind of non-members to educate themselves and learn more about how this or this this alliance and these groups of companies are working together to actually build deployments and and help with with adoption growth is um, is fantastic. Yeah, and I, again, I don't know any other way to do it successfully um, than the way we're doing it, and it is successful. <laughs> right. And you know, I, I, I wanted right. to say too, and I hopefully you'll link it. Um, we just launched a few weeks ago our 2022 year-end report. Okay. And it really wraps up from technical to certification to marketing Fantastic. to all the events uh, that happened yeah. in 2022 and kind of where we're heading in 2023. Okay. So you'll be able to. We'll, we, uh, we'll, we'll share for sure. I'll, um, I'm sure we'll talk with your team and, and get make sure we get that report before this episode goes live so that everybody who listens to this can can check it right. out as well. But that's um, that's awesome. Uh, but Donna, thank you so much again for, for taking the time to chat with me. Um, for those out there who want to learn more about the Alliance, kind of what you have going on, what's the best way they can do that? 
Um, they can go to our website, Lawrence, uh, uh, laura-alliance.org. And okay. it talks about the um, the Orlando event, the agenda, how to register, Perfect. as well as a, the Alliance overall. Fantastic. Well, really appreciate your time Great. as always and uh, look forward to hopefully talking again soon. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks so much. Bye. All right, everyone. Thanks again for joining us this week on the IoT for All podcast on the IoT for All Media Network. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, please leave us a rating or review and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on whichever platform you're listening to us on. Also, if you have a guest you'd like to see on the show, please drop us a note at ryan at iotforall.com and we'll do everything we can to get them as a featured guest. Other than that, thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.